You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alex Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montrealowitz football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I am Cliffy D. You can also find me on Twitter, but at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast is presented by our good friends over at SparkBuff, where right now you can save 10% off your entire order by using the promo code FLIGHTDECK-10. Head on over to sportbuffshop.com, buy all kinds of merch, save some money, and enjoy your sports. And don't forget, we are on the internet, many, many places you can find us. You can find all of our seven years worth of archive over at alouettesflightdeck.ca. We're on Twitter at, at alouettesfldeck, Instagram, uh, instagram.com slash alouettesflightdeck, Facebook, search for Alouettes Flight Deck Pod or Facebook.com, Alouettes Flight Deck Pod. Um, merchandise, you can search over at uh, teespring.com slash stores slash Alouettes Flight Deck. Not search, just go. And YouTube, you know what? Considering everything we've done this year, Cliff, with YouTube, they deserve to be not necessarily first, but be the last thing that we mention is, yes, we finally got our URL, youtube.com slash Alouettes Flight Deck. We can check out all the uh, all the audio versions and a couple of the live stuff that we've done so far, which we are uh, planning on doing a little bit more coming up uh, through the rest of the season and uh, through the off season. So uh, can't wait to uh, have you guys go over there, like, subscribe, comment, do whatever you need to do, and do not forget. Yes, we will still be giving away that um, the, the Delta jacket, which Cliffy wore this week, and uh, we'll be doing that soon. Uh, before the end of the season, uh, the broadcast season. And also, as a reminder, for the last time in the regular season, we will be giving away a pair of tickets. Yes, it is the Sport Buff Flight Crew seats. Stay tuned for the link on social media. We are going to be going back to the normal way that we're doing it uh, for the uh, home finale. Uh, so stay tuned to all of our socials that will be available very, very soon. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. I'd like to point out that, yes, I did wear my satin retro jacket that we'll be giving away, but that's not the one we'd be giving away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's my own. The one we're giving away is brand new with tags. So just lest anyone think that we're giving away a gently used but pre-worn jacket, it's not. You're getting a brand spanking new jacket. That's right. Just wanted to clarify. And still in this plastic, actually. Mm -hmm. Still in this plastic, so. Has a new jacket smell. Mmm. I wish we could have smelled something different after the game this week. Oh, yeah. The, what we smelled post-game was <laughs> definitely not something I'd want to wear. That was the third quarter. That was the waft of the third quarter. Phew. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, I would have taken turkey or burnt mashed potatoes or burnt pumpkin pie. Well, I'd never really want pumpkin pie. I'd leave that for Alex at Piffles. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken any of those smells over the absolute – pile of sh- that we got to smell at personal wilson stadium this past monday oh my god that was awful just yeah, awful yeah, we we've had bad games this year i mean just you know it just you know third quarter just really put an exclamation mark on it even though you know the alouettes you know almost made a comeback but we you know we're, you know in the fourth quarter that late drive we have, we have a lot to talk about just that drive alone in itself um but yeah, I mean, the Owls dropped Thanksgiving Day Classic 24-18 to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, even though the Alouettes had the chance to clinch a home playoff spot, uh, a playoff spot and a home playoff game and stay within two points of the Toronto Argonauts, even though they did win, uh, the Argo, even though the Owls lost and the Argos won, luckily, luckily, it's the best of three coming up, buddy. It's the best of three where the Owls need to go 3-0 and in order to still be able to clinch the... Uh, Eastern Division, but we'll talk about that a little bit more too. But yeah, that third quarter, dude. I mean, we've had them a couple of them this year. I think I think one in Edmonton was like that. And but you know, when you have when you're scoreless in the third quarter coming out, uh, I think it's the last three out of three out of four games that you're scoreless. 
in the third quarter. It just does, does not bode well. I mean, yeah, the it's just it really doesn't give you much momentum whether you're up or down coming out. It just it's just bad, dude. It really is. I mean, and holding the ball, it was five plays total. Holding the ball for less, it was like two, it actually was two minutes and 22 seconds in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And I think the Owls in the second half had the ball for less than 10. Just, did they mail it in? Were they looking ahead? It's the one thing that we hope they didn't do. They ruined Thanksgiving. They really did. <laughs> I, I mean, they they really did. There's no, there's no, no two ways about it. When a team makes halftime adjustments, like you make adjustments for the second half, it's to get better, not worse. And somehow <laughs> they, the Alouettes did not get that. They didn't get the memo that when you make adjustments at halftime, it's to get better because they stunk out loud in that mm. third quarter. No question about it. Fourth quarter showed signs of life, but once again, just too little too late or not even enough. That's the other thing, too. You, when you think about David Cote's four field goals that he made, he was four for four, did a great job. His longest field goal was 25 yards. So we're talking like making field goals in chip shot territory, you know, like makeable field goals. No problem. Of course, we expect him to make those. I mean, he was draining 50 yards plus field goals earlier this year, even as early as a couple of weeks ago. We even uh, won in Edmonton. But what that tells me is, yeah, you're close to scoring and then you just take the easy points. You don't try, you know, you don't try to make an effort to uh, advance the ball and, and go for a touchdown, make potential touchdowns. I, I found the play calling was so conservative, like way, way too conservative, way too predictable mm-hmm. and uninspiring. Like this team settled for field goals. Yeah. Like, instead of trying, like you, you saw Ottawa, they were playing their balls off. They were wanting to win so bad for Bobby Dice, the, the interim head coach of the Red Blacks. I, I mean, this team, the, the Red Blacks had so much fire. They, they wanted so badly to make it happen. They wanted to prove that they were not the you know the team that we've been seeing all season from you know out of Ottawa like Montreal just didn't have that same heart they didn't have that same gumption that same will to win like and again had they won on Monday they would have already had that X next to their name for the playoff spot yeah they would have been guaranteed a home playoff game at Percival Moses Stadium whether it was the East final or the Eastern semifinal you're still going to be in that game. You're still going to be hosting that game. That was your opportunity to clinch right there and then, and they blew it. They just, if I didn't know any better, I would say that they didn't even want to play in the game. Or as you said, you felt they were looking past the the Red Blacks and onto that potential home-and-home series versus the Argos. Because that's that's essentially where the, the true battle is going to be. And that's going to be the true test as well for this Alouettes team. But, man, you could have really made a statement, especially, too, when you have 21,000 plus, 21, plus fans in attendance, people excited, wanting to see this team win and get that playoff berth. And you basically crap the bed. That's really what it came down to. Yeah. And it it's so disappointing. So disappointing to see. See that? I, I mean, I mean the uh, the team that was one for six in the, and one for six in the red zone. You know, one being you know the, the the failed drive on fourth down at the end of the game. Sorry, third down at the end of the game. Um, you know, and we, we post game we talked to a couple of players too. And first, we did hear about the tone in the locker room. Uh, I can only imagine what it was like to be a to be a fly on the wall for that. For that chat at the end, eh? Um, and there's just so many positives going into the game. I mean, uh, you know, clinching uh, the, uh, you know, it was 11 years to the date on that same day, Cliff, that AC set the, set the pro football record for most passing yards in a career. All those years ago. I remember that game. What a game that was. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a game for the ages. Like, I, I still get chills thinking about that and being to know that I was a part of that to be in the crowd for that mm-hmm. and uh, it was amazing it was a moment in time that again if you were there folks you, you will not forget that moment exactly and and, and to obviously 21 and the other the disappointing thing is to send home a crowd of 21,824 people at Percival Molson Stadium when was the last time Cliff that we could say 21,824 people were at and were there to enjoy Alouette's football September 17th, 2017, when 22,596 showed up. 
This it's 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 you know, and this is even a larger crowd than it was earlier this year. You know, it's a huge positive. The team, you know, I think it's bode. It's going to bode well. I think for potentially what's going to be the 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 schedule for the twenty twenty three season. By the way, in my opinion, um, but you know, what? let's get twenty two thousand plus for this home finale. Doesn't matter if it is on a uh, on a at four o'clock. It's still on a Saturday. It's still on a Saturday. You know, let's get let's get let's get twenty three. Let's get close to whatever current capacity is in Personal Molson. You know, so that and again, you know, the Owls third quarter woes. I mean, it's sixth time this year that they have gone scoreless in the third. And again, as I said, last three out of four. It you know it, everything that all the positives going in and during the game, and it just yeah, it the Owls just in the second half were just. As you said, it was the play calling. I don't know if they, if they it's not that they were lackluster. Just it was, a, you know, we knew that Standbeck was going into the game. He was going to be on a quote unquote pitch count of of, of of sorts. We knew that. I mean, it was obvious. Sure, but look at His the first game of, back since June. Yeah, yeah, of course he's going to be on a pitch count or a run count or whatever you want to call it. He's he's you got to ease him back into the lineup. Exactly, he's not going to be but, the same guy. So and, and that I understand. But the thing is, though, look at look at how many yards they got rushing and how many rushing attempts. I don't get it, dude. I really don't. No, just more of Trevor Harris uh, padding his stats with uh, dinks and dunks. And yeah, he did find like, what, 12 receivers, which is cool, I guess. And, you know, this is all well and good. And yeah, he's over 300 yards passing, but uh, all for what? Yeah. Except for field goals. Yeah, I know. Again. I, again, except for field goals. Yeah, eight eight receivers caught up. Eight, eight, eight different receivers caught a pass. Um Again, total, I mean, 43, sorry, uh, just between the two starters, Fletcher and Stanbeck, 43 yards on 15 carries. I mean, that's brutal. Like, if, if you, especially too, with uh, Fletcher, you know, gaining some nice momentum over the past couple of weeks, uh, teaming up with that Jeshwin Antwi, kind of carrying the load for Stanbeck. And then you bring him back into the, the mix, and you know, you'd be foolhardy to expect him to go off for 200 yards. I mean, that was not going to happen. No, 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 but, no. no. Just the threat of, okay, obviously Ottawa was preparing to face William Stanback, and they were ready for him for the most part. I mean, he wasn't able to be the William Stanback of old. But that's going to come with time, folks. So don't don't worry too much about that. We're, and we're not faulting Stanback for that either. You know, we know that you, you got to dip your toe into the water. Before, it, and you, you just got to, you know, take your time with him. Exactly. We get that. And, there's, and there's even a plus that we've already heard that he's going to get more of a role this week on mm-hmm. Friday. Which is good, which is good to hear. So I'm, I'm just, you know, but still, dude. I mean, it's, it's just everything, and you know, it's the, fu- the you know, the, the, the fumble again by, uh, by Harris. I mean, yeah, sure, he went, he, you know, he completed seventy nine percent of his passes for three hundred thirty eight yards. A yes, positive, no interceptions, only one touchdown, and again, as I said before, one for six in the red zone. You know, I mean, Arbuckle wasn't, I mean, you know, 80, 88% clip, but only 229 yards. You know, they held him scoreless with no interceptions, no touchdowns. But he moved the ball downfield. Yeah. And, and making passes, he had, again, like, I don't know how the Red Blacks find these quarterbacks that can do this against the Alouettes. It's fine. Guys that can make passes that they have no business making as completing it downfield to move the chains. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's remarkable. I mean, Trevor Harris used to do that when he was in Ottawa Red Black against the Alouettes. Was throw up these absolute prayers and somehow someone would come down with it and maybe it would only be for like 20 yards but you're still moving the chains you're still going downfield mm-hmm. i i, 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 I again nick arbuckle I, he just he was inspired i guess to, he, did, he did well like i said he didn't they didn't throw as much i mean the owls did outgain the, the red blacks but still it's well the final score shows they won so it doesn't matter if arbuckle threw for 100 yards they still I, won and here's what really burns me more than anything else. Their play, their offensive play caller, Will Arden, the uh, quarterbacks coach mm-hmm. in Ottawa, mm-hmm. he called a great game. He did. He called a better game than the GOAT, Anthony Calvillo. I, I mean, if you were to compare on-field uh, heroics or stats or whatever between Anthony Calvillo and Will Arndt, I mean, Calvillo is like head, shoulders, waist, everything above him. I mean, we're talking like, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but Will aren't out coached, out play called, out whatever you want to call, out foxed, whatever objective you want to use. 
he out all those things against Anthony Calvillo. And on the anniversary date of him, him setting the pro football record for career passing yards. Which once again goes to show just because you're the greatest of all time at, you know, as an athlete doesn't mean that translates to a coach. I'm sorry to say. Well, and I mean, also, this is this is, and we've had this conversation before, Cliff. I mean, this isn't the a the first year AC coach where he was basically thrown into it. The, AC's gotten better with his experience when he was at UDM. But is it a combination? Is it because of the quarterback? Is it a combination of uh, just? I, I don't know. I, it, again, it sometimes you know he's he's playing obviously to Trevor Harris's strengths. Which I get. I mean, the Dink and Ducks, if we've seen it work, we've seen it work. But I think the thing this year is that we've had less of the less of the, the long plays which have been getting somewhat as of late. You know, I mean, I'm just looking at the at the long longest that we had. I mean, we, we had three player, four players, Cliff, that had a, that had a pass of over 20 yards, which is it's, which is what we want to see. It's a CFL, right? But we're not seeing nearly enough of it. I mean, I hate to say it, but AC I think now stands for always conservative. Because that's exactly what his play calling has been. Things maybe will change with with the addition of Stanback. I mean, that's I, I, you know, the whole playbook was put for Stanback in mind and stuff like that. And again, mind you, it was also set set in place for 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 VA and Stanback. But you know, uh, and, and it's funny to say, like, it's funny people are like, well, like, are are you ready to you know, crap all over Trevor Harris? I'm like, you know what? I I hate to say it, and I I saw this online, and boy, does it ever ring true? Trevor Harris wasn't the problem. But he's definitely not the solution. No, there were many other issues. <laughs> there were many other. Let's stick with the positives here for currently, by the way. Junior Lewis, nine receptions, 108 yards, led the team. Um, uh, Herji Maiella, uh, five receptions, 60 yards. Jake Winicky, fi- uh, four receptions, 55 yards. Should have been more, by the way, which we will talk about. Um, uh, KJG only got two targets, no catches. Just when Antwi, two receptions, nine yards. Fletcher, five receptions, 45 yards. Tyson Philpott, way to step in because we're going to talk about why. Um, four receptions, 48 yards. And then Reggie White. This is the reason why one reception for 13 yards. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously with 338 yards passing, you're going to get guys with some big numbers. That's good. But again, yeah. one, one for six. We're, we're gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to continue to heart back for that. One for six in the red zone. See, that's it. That's, what, that's why everybody keeps talking about his stats. I'm like, yeah, those are nice numbers. But the numbers that truly count well i mean as far as i'm concerned the, the number the only numbers that truly count the only stats that really matter that i would g- give a rat's ass about is wins and losses but yeah it's hard to the the lack of red zone production is mm-hmm. disheartening uh, i mean especially too when you got you you see your play mercury's in action and you see what gino was able to do i mean oh, once yeah, again yeah. he just does what gino does uh, Herji Maiella went off like he was he'd been kind of quiet for you know the past few games but he came alive uh Tyson Philpot I mean listen as far as I'm concerned this kid is going to be the eastern nominee for rookie of the year and I will not hear any arguments otherwise <laughs> I mean th- this offensive attack I mean there is no question I don't think anyone's doubting that this team has offensive weapons but you got to use them properly yeah. I, I mean, that this that's the frustrating part. I would have much rather taking shots at the end zone and failing than just, you know, all these little dinks and dunks down only to kick a field goal. Like, it, it, and, then, and there were a couple of surprises, too, and I'll give a good example of what you're talking about. You know, on the actual final drive for the Alouettes in the fourth quarter, you know, they're, uh, I think the clock started with about a minute something left. And what was the first play? A run. I was like, What? I mean, after the fact, after that, it went, you know, it it took off. But I was like, what? I, I just, that one I didn't understand. For no. for when you have a running game that really wasn't doing that well. But again, there are so many different variables too, dude. And it's, I understand we keep, again, I can, can, I can harp on the one for six the entire show. But once again, nine penalties, 122 yards, you know, the turnover led to points. You know, there were calls that went against the Owls that really shouldn't have. There was a missed DPI by the uh, blatant DPI on that final drive on Jake Winicky. Blatant DPI, which would have put them in the red zone, even farther into the red zone. Well, further, yes. I mean, it was blatant, but the Owls could not challenge because they were out of timeouts. Yep. And again, that's 
that's on the coaching staff, unfortunately. I mean, one was taken when you normally would expect it, right before the three minute warning, or just at the three after the three minute warning. But that first one was because uh, I think there's a mix up in the plays, and the Owls weren't going to get the playoff. Right. But it came well, back to bite them in the ass because they couldn't challenge. And then remember, under the the, the command center will make corrections, but not this type of correction. Nope. You know, so they were there again, you know, Ottawa had a lot of penalties too, but they were two for three in the red zone. And you know what really bothered me more than anything else? Mm, what's that? The last two Alouette's offensive series of this game, mm-hmm. both times on third down and short, I mean, not, not short, short, but like, let's say third, very manageable. Like we were talking like third and three and third and four, if I'm not mistaken, both times the Alouette's could have done something. They, they could have put something creative together just if, if only to move the chains and get a fresh set of downs in order to attempt at a touchdown or anything like that. Instead, that second to last series ended in a field goal, which yeah, cut the lead to three, but the, the red black storm back kicked another field goal, basically forcing Montreal to have to score a game winning touchdown. And once again, this, that, that last series from Montreal, you know, they had some nice plays, uh, drove the ball downfield. But once again, with that, that terrible pass from Harris to Gino, who is, again, normally can make those circus catches, but that was just asking way, way too much, especially to his third and four. You don't have some sort of play, like, especially to the way he always looks for his check down mm-hmm. Harris. Like you're, you're telling me you couldn't find four freaking yards on that, on that particular play that you, you have to throw up this goofy prayer like, and just, you know, expect practically expecting Gino to come down with it like he all, almost almost always does no i mean you you went to the well one too many times with that kind of horse <laughs> and it burned you that's one of the many 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 reasons the Alouettes lost this game it is just stupid stupid decision making and i don't know if that's on Harris i don't know if that's on Calvillo i don't know who it's on necessarily but I just don't understand why. Like, first of all, why would you settle for the field goal in, on that second to last series? Yes, I understand points are important and that, but I, I think back to that last game against Hamilton. Hamilton had a chance to score a touchdown and instead opted for the field goal, letting Montreal come back and score a touchdown and basically forcing Hamilton to try and score a touchdown on their last drive, which mm-hmm. they fumbled and turned the ball over. And then we can, talk, Montreal about, then we can talk about what happened at Edmonton. That exa- yeah, for example, I mean, <laughs> I mean, these are just instances. I, I just I have a very hard time wrapping my head around it. it it's it, it's so difficult to comprehend. Like, I think and, they ended up going one dimensional, unfortunately, because of that. They weren't doing they weren't very successful running the ball, which obviously causes more, can cause more problems. I mean, you can't tell me that the, that the def- the Ottawa defense didn't think that they were going to try to go for Geno on that third and three. Mm. That's why I even said to you. I think I even I even said to you why why uh, post game why did why did they try a bootleg something? I I, I mean listen. Hey, they all, again, like I said, they only needed three yards for first down. Exactly. Are you are you telling me with the talent that we have on this team, with the offensive weapons that we have? Four, well, four, four. Sorry, four yards. Whatever, but still third and four. Yeah, but still, as I said, third and very manageable. Yeah. I mean, Christ, if you, if you can't do that, then you definitely don't deserve to win football games. And you by, definitely don't deserve yeah. to be in a playoff conversation. Like, that That to me is inexcusable. At this point of the season, you got to be going for the juggler. you got to be thinking about the playoffs. you got to be thinking about, we want to set the tone. We want to make people aware of who we are. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, like, I, I would have a hard time accepting this in preseason, let alone in October. I mean, this is... Yeah. I'm sorry. This is this does not inspire confidence. This does, does not make me think, oh, yeah, the Owls are going to go all the way and go to the Grey Cup. Hell no. Not if you're going to play this sort of Rudy Pooh BS football. I mean, this yeah. is inexcusable. And you know what? I hate being insulted. I can handle losing. Every team loses. I don't like being insulted. And quite frankly, I was insulted by that effort by the Alouettes. When you got our seatmates sitting around us laughing at the team. Like that is a slap in the face. And I know it's because the team is doing that. The team is outright doing that to us, Tim. They are slapping us in the face. They are insulting us. They are making us feel like idiots for even bothering to show up and participate in this dog and pony show. I mean, (laughs) the only thing I can think is truly this team is starting to believe their own hype. 
How many times have we seen uh, the, the talking heads talk about the Alouettes are the hottest team in the CFL right now? Well, you know, winning five of their last six, blah, 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 blah. These guys, I think we're starting to believe their own hype. I think they were starting to get those press clippings in their head and thinking, yeah, we're, we are that. We are that team. And you know what? This, I, I hope that the, when this game was over, I hope that they felt just as insulted it sounded, as I did. It sounded like As did. you did. Yeah, it sounded like they did. I, I hope so. And I hope they remember this. And, and they I hope need this... to. They need to. Ottawa, they got a smash. It's all it's it's what we said post game. By the way, if that pass has been had been caught by uh, by winning uh by Jake, he would have been at the Ottawa five. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't know where the I don't know where the ref was. I, I really don't. I mean maybe he was blocked or whatever, but it was an obvious tug at the jersey. Um yeah, so oh and fun fact. The uh, the referee of this game is from Montreal. So if you if you people want to come out with this nonsense about you know Montreal or Quebec born referees uh, favoring out, yeah, you, you can shove it quite frankly because it's not, it's not Brad, that, not Brad wasn't well wasn't Al Bradbury. So well he's not well. Listen, that's maybe he was running the command center. Maybe that's why. <laughs> um, we talked about this with players post game that you know it, uh, the it, point blank I asked, do you think the team looked ahead? And more than once, I got the answer, yes. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about the injuries here, too, because, yes, they were, they hurt. These injuries did hurt and may hurt going forward. But still, you know, uh, Reggie White getting hurt in the first, in the first series, you know, then losing Jameson later on. But still, it was, Mm -hmm. you know, other people will step up, yes. It's going to be interesting to see what the depth chart is going to be, where the... I know this is going into the preview, but it's very possible the Alouettes could actually start three Canadian wide receivers. Could be, but but, uh, but if you ha- if you go one for six, you have these many penalties. I understand that these two teams are becoming the the you know the Tiger the same rivalry. It looks like the same rivalry as Tiger Cats Argos. It's getting it, it got nasty out there. It did. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, but still, I hope that they were embarrassed. And, and think about it, Tim. These teams have played each other three times this year. Each time the road team is one. So you go into uh-huh. your opponent's house and embarrass them. I mean, that's yeah. That, that, that's that, what the, that's what's setting the tone. I mean, that's what this is all about when it comes to the rivalry part. I mean, that that's got to be motivation if nothing else. Oh, the agreed. fact that you you can't win in front of your hometown fans like that, especially too like w- with what the Alouettes had on the line. I mean, it really was win and you're in. Yeah, exactly. And and it goes back to what I've been saying for years is that this, for whatever reason, the Alouettes, when it comes to these games that mean the most, whether it be going for first place or what, they just, they just can't get over that hump. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan. It really is. And I, I, quit, I hate being a broken record. I really do. But, you know, you know, we will still come, but we're still going to voice our, our opinions on what we think about the team. And, and, it, and it's like, here's the question, by the way. This was actually asked of Danny Mack in the post-game press scrum, which is, which is available on the Alouettes YouTube page. And Herb Zakowski brought up a good point. Ottawa has four wins this year. Two of them are versus us. He asked the question, are you embarrassed by that? Now, Danny did have a good answer. Obviously, you, do, you don't want to disparage your teams. You know, you, you play to win, right? You play to win. But again, Ottawa has won, as you said before, Ottawa has won here twice this year. Mm-hmm. So you know, tables are turned slightly next week, which we'll talk about because we, we will be at Ottawa for the last game of this series, like Ottawa was, was here last year. Um, Cliff, talk about the, the injuries, uh, how it's setting up the wide receiving core going forward and um, what effect it had on this team this week. It's really hard to believe like this wide receiving core, like the starting wide receivers for the Alouettes have been healthy pretty much all year. I, I mean, really no, no injuries, no, like even when they, and they, they've taken some, some pretty heavy shots too. And they just keep on going. I mean, they're probably hurt like hell the next day, but they, they didn't miss any game time or anything like that. And that all came crashing to a halt on Thanksgiving day with Reggie White Jr. Unfortunately suffering a knee injury, uh, it hasn't been made official, but uh, don't be surprised if we find out it's his ACL that's uh, yeah. 
that's torn and yeah. or hurt like an ACL injury in any event. And that will pretty much ice your season right there. And which, then. which has been confirmed, which has been confirmed by the way for, for, for Reggie. And we, we were lucky enough to speak with him after the game too. And he was, he was disappointed. He himself didn't know what was happening. So I already mentioned that, you know, he was gonna have an MRI to find out what was going on. And he, he was disappointed. He was, he was, he's ready. He's ready to play. They all are dude. But anyways, continue. Sorry. I interrupted you. Yeah. So no, it, it it's tough for Reggie. It's and again, like I mean, now as, as I said, next man up. So now this does open things up for someone like a Tyson Philpot to get into a starting position, which alongside of Herjie Maella, I mean, like that's two national receivers right there lining up with like Jake Winecki and Gino Lewis. I mean, that's that's massive right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So I mean. The, it does open up possibilities, but man, like losing someone as talented as Reggie definitely sucks. And on the offensive line, uh, your starting center, w- once again, Sean Jamison, who recently was on the six game injured list, just came off of it and was starting to find his groove again. And bang, another injury and out again for the rest of the season. I, I mean, listen, I-, I feel for Sean because. He was doing a fantastic job. Uh, every time he steps on the field, he he plays with his heart. He plays with his heart and soul. And yeah, I, even seeing him at practice last Saturday, like you could tell he was fired up. He was looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. And now, once again, another setback. Like I, I feel for the guy because when he plays, he's talented as hell. But I mean, when he's injured, he's not playing. So yeah, and for for Reggie. It just, I think, wrong uh, wrong place, wrong time type of thing, because it was on the sideline. There were different stories that, oh, did he get it? Did he, you know, it, from what we heard, you know, he, he got caught and it, he, he, then he got hit by somebody. I mean, it's, it, and this was on the sideline. Um, I didn't see the Jameson one. I didn't see, I didn't go back that far into the, uh, into the, uh, into the highlights, but w- was his on a, was it a, a, I think he got, if I, oh, I, I think he got, he got rolled up on. Was that, was that what I heard? Yes. Yeah. Which are always tough. It, it is because it's incidental contact. It's, I mean, it's definitely unintentional. No one's out there trying to injure any players intentionally, I don't believe. Yeah. Now with Garrett Marino out of the league, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just really unfortunate for, for Reggie. Uh, you know, like he was having a, a fine season doing real well. I mean, just a, always coming in with a great attitude and everything. Like you could tell that this guy loves playing football and was on track to that, uh, you know, maybe taking that next level and maybe by 2023, he can be in that same conversation as uh, Gino Lewis is right now. Like to be in that category would be tremendous. And now it's just a bit of a setback for him now, but uh, I, I fully expect him to recover and come back stronger than ever. Uh, Jameson, I hope to will, be in that same boat. Uh, like I said, it, it's tough, especially your starting center. But, uh, you know, once again, it's that next man up mentality. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the one thing with this offensive line, they don't typically allow a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Right. And, unless, once again, Trevor holds on to the ball too long and allows himself to get sacked. <laughs> but that initial rush, I find this offensive line has done a very good job of protecting the quarterback, whomever it is. And Jameson was a big part of that as well when he played. So, I mean, it's now up to everybody else to step up. Uh, I know Philippe Gagnon was banged up, a healthy scratch for the past couple of games. But uh, yeah. I guess he'll now have to slot back in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Chris Luger gets himself back into the lineup. Uh, you know, I, I don't think at tackle. I, I think maybe put him in a guard and... Maybe we see Christian Matt back at uh, center again. Yep. I mean, let's. And, I mean, he's he's done it before and done it very well too. I mean, yep. And besides, uh, besides uh, Phil Pot, there's the possibility that we're going to see um, uh, we're going to see uh, training camp Darling Cole Speaker be activated. It's very possible. possible. So, and that 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 watch watch for watch for the socials tomorrow, my friends. That's going to be interesting to see. Once that death chart comes out, dude, that's going to be so interesting to see. Yeah. Um, last thing for me, for I don't want to talk about the game for me before we move on to news this week, Cliff, and I'll let you get the last word into. Um, if anybody happened to watch the, uh, the press game, uh, the post game presser, uh, if Adarius Pickett isn't fined for his comments, I'd be surprised because 
he wasn't too happy specifically about that play in the third quarter where Buckle uh, Arbuckle got sat, uh, fumbled the ball, pick you know was forced by Pickett and it was pick, it picked up by uh, by Beverett by the way, which had a mon- another monster game by the way. Can't leave him out of this. But the roughness call on Montreal, which basically gave the ball right back to them when the Alouettes could have had the ball back uh, near the, I think near the fifty because that you know that led to another field goal. After that penalty, it led to another field goal for Ottawa. Hmm. You know, so again, go watch. You understand what I'm saying? I know Cliff, you hadn't seen it yet because I had just mentioned it to you before we started started the show tonight. But yeah, I would not. If he's not fine, if he's if he's not, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, they may do a. Do they ever announce that type of stuff, or it's done quietly? I'm trying to remember what they do in the CFL when it comes to that type of stuff. When oh, they announce it. They they tell you so so and so has been fined for this, that, and the other. They the only thing they don't mention is how much they're being fined. Uh, but for for disparaging a comments on a, on, oh, yeah. on the raffing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Oh yeah, you, you you can't just mouth off on on the referees. Yeah. Not in this league, not in any league, really. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've seen that too. Or uh, post game comments, whether and usually it's coaches more than anything else that are mm-hmm. critical about the referees. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, players too can get fined for what they say, whether it's on social media or in a you know press conference or scrum. Yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely could happen. So yeah, I, I, I too wouldn't be surprised then if, if that's truly the case. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Go too watch if, it. Wait, once you once we're done, go watch it. You'll understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, so, it's, uh, to me, it's if he if he isn't fine, I'm surprised. But he, he had a point. He had a point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no, absolutely. It, it, like, the 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 call was borderline ridiculous. It really was. It was the same play that Ack, that uh, Ackland got hurt. Yeah. So and that cost yeah. us points. But still, uh, last word from you before we move on to on the game before we go into news. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was disappointing because it really was a, a great day for football. I mean, the weather was beautiful. The tailgate was awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, getting 21 plus thousand fans in the stadium was tremendous. And it wasn't. Yes, there were some Red Blacks fans there who made the trip from Ottawa. And that's always cool. But I mean, this was very much a pro Montreal crowd. This was a crowd ready to make noise, ready to have fun, ready to go wild and even celebrate potentially clinching that playoff spot. And it was just yet another missed opportunity. And that's the thing with this team is this, this notion that they're the hottest team in the CFL kind of irks me. Like I, like, I mean, record wise. Yes. But the problem is, is that as I said before, maybe they're believing their own hype. Yeah. Because let's face it. Like a lot of those wins were very close or they had to come back and scratch and claw their way to barely win, or luck just happened to be on their side. You know, I mean, like a lot of those wins could just have easily been losses. Just like earlier this year, a lot of those losses should have been wins, had a couple things bounced their way. By that same token, a lot of these wins from the quote unquote hottest team of the CFL, those could have been losses too. A couple other things bounced the other way. I mean, it that's the thing. Like this team is consistently inconsistent we, we've been saying this for years now and even in 2022 yeah get excited about this team yes there are some great playmakers yes there are some really fun moments but let's just cool the talk like, like and that's that's a, the thing i was really truly worried about was they were believing their own hype like they were believing their own press clippings when it comes to this like, i think they really thought that they were the fell's hottest team i'm sorry to say they're not the the hottest team i'll, I'll go so far as to say they're the okayest team and yes i want them to win make no mistake about that i want the alouettes to win i want them to be successful these guys deserve as much success as they can have if not more but this this notion is is so ridiculous and i mean if if you truly believe that this is the hottest team of the cfl well quite frankly you can kiss the hottest part of my ass because this is just this is a team that needs to prove themselves again and i hate to say it because you're only as good as your last game. And quite frankly, if that's if that truly is the case, then look what this team is. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the hottest. Yeah. Uh, I, I think really, truly, this coming Friday in Ottawa, Montreal has to... I, I really hope they learned their lesson. I hope they got their humble pie. They choked it down with some crow because, you know, I, I, I think that's really, really where this team is at right now is that... They got humbled, and maybe they needed that. Maybe they needed to have the air let out of their tire just a little bit, remind them of who they are and what they should be. Who switched the turkey for and, crow, goddammit? <laughs> right? I mean, 
already with the fact that alouettes are birds and you're already making jokes about cooked bird. I mean, like that. Cook-aw, cook-aw. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, all, all of this to say, to, to summarize, is that this was a, a squandered opportunity. And I sincerely hope this is the last one because you've got three games left in a regular season. The playoffs are within reach. The first place question. in the at, East is still in, in reach. Well, one thing at a time, Tim. One no, thing but the, the that, that I understand that. Yes, take every game as it comes. But unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but fortunately for the Alves, that is the case. They need to get into the right mindset. They sweep these next three. Go 1-0 and each week. They win the East. They host the East final for the first time in years. Yeah. That's the, unfortunately. It, they need, again, they can't do what happened this week. They can't. That's it. This has to be the last gimme, so to speak, the last mulligan that they're going to take. It, it has to be. Again, as I said, they, like, they need to smash Ottawa on Friday. Yeah. They got to walk they in there. Prove who they are. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Ottawa hasn't been able to win at TV Place uh, for over the past two years. You got to keep that streak going. You, you got to keep, just like you kept Edmonton's futility streak going, you got to keep Ottawa's futility streak going. Mm. Walk in there, punch him in the mouth, oh, end this nonsense. Days. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk, and just, we'll talk. At, at, just at this point, just get the W. Yeah. Get the W and get the X. Exactly. If you know, you know. You know, you know. A um, few things. Uh, by the way, I haven't heard any information. Did, uh, your thoughts, by the way, plus or minus on how the Alouettes did the Putin helmet this time around? Because for, for those of you who may have not known, they were back. We don't know how many there were. But we do know the ones that were available at the boutiques stores <laughs> – the single ones were still available by game's end. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious. Now, but what was your thought on how they did it this time around? Uh, I mean, it was cool. They announced it. I mean, it was great. Like, so, supposedly, there were so many people that wanted these helmets so desperately. And I was a little surprised. I was expecting my DMs to blow up, like people begging me like, or wanting to for, you know, e-transfer me money so I can buy them their puts-in helmet and send it to them, whether they were in Montreal or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And Nothing. So I, I just wonder if uh, should they have struck while the iron was hot? Like when they created that FOMO moment that you were talking about earlier this year. Yeah. And did they wait too long to capitalize on it? Like, was it kind of one of those things like now people have had a chance, like sober second thought, like they had a chance, like I'm not paying $90 for this. Are you out of your freaking mind? Whether I mean, it's filled puts in or not. We saw some, and we saw some coming in stadium. So it did look good. We did see some of the boxes, people having them in the boxes or just carrying them. That was a good sign. I need to reach out to Mario, see if we can get some more information on how how the Putin helmets did the second time around. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I saw those boxes, like people carrying them in boxes, too. So they, they definitely sold some. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, how many? It's hard to say. I, I don't know if they sold out. Obviously not if they were still at the uh, concession stands. I, but. I, I'm wondering if they that thought that maybe more people wanted them, which is a good sign in itself that people wanted them to have puts in, in them mm-hmm. rather than buy that buy and pay the $90 and just get the helmet itself. I mean, we, we joked. We were saying it's like you pay 90 bucks and you're getting the puts in for free, so to so speak. speak. So to speak. Yeah, so to speak. So. But yeah, I, I wonder if that was the case. It was just uh, like they generated so much hype, so much uh, – so much attention regarding these helmets and people seem to want them. And I guess they thought, okay, well now's your chance if you really want one. And I guess those who really wanted one were going to get it. And I don't think they created that urgency or maybe just people were just like, eh, whatever. It's like, like I said, maybe they had a chance to reflect. I'm like, or okay. maybe it was Thanksgiving. It, it, well, there's that too. Like, I mean, and it that, was, that's, and yeah. it was Joe fan coming to the game for the first time, which, which is fine. I, I, I like, you know, we're able to, to, the team's able to attract more, more fans coming to the game and, you know, in the future, but Joe fan may not be up to date on what is available in stadium. Could be, or maybe people were just literally stuffed from the, the Thanksgiving Turkey and yeah. stuffing and potatoes and all that jazz. And last thing you want is to shell out 90 bucks for more food, even if it does come in a collectible helmet. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's truly what it was, was just, uh, Maybe the owls will yeah. will like like with the beer, the Alouettes branded beer. We'll see if they, we'll see if any of these are available next for the uh, season finale. That's it. I mean, that's like I said, people people have been wanting these helmets. Like once they once you were told you couldn't have them anymore, that just created more of a demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and once again, when the moment came to you know put up or shut up, most people shut up. You know, because like, if yeah, maybe if, they, if they should, they have, sold a, should have held off on them until twenty twenty three. 
as again, create the FOMO or, or create something with, uh, you know, potential playoff game, but mm-hmm. uh, which again would have been a lot easier had you clinched. I know, but you didn't. I know, so I know. <sighs> okay. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Moving uh, on. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, the Alouettes announced the 20 to 2023 season tickets are now currently available for all those season ticket holders who, who have had them. Um, just as a note from what I have noticed, including yourself, Cliff, is that, um, the, the, the team, the way the team sent the information out, it seemed to be caught by a lot of people's spam, fil- spam filters. Because I spoke to, I think, a half a dozen people, Cliff, and they were like, what are you talking about, Tim? So, note to self. Now, yes, but would, would you have, you know, you'll notice it, it's in your, you know, your online ticket manager, but still, you'd like to know about the information. Because there's, dude... I'm pumped for 23 because they got some perks that they're bringing back some perks that I'm happy about. I really am. Oh, and by the way, just had a just had a, a little bit of a teaser seems to be uh, from the from the from the team because they're also besides the yearly memberships, they're going to be offering the flex plan memberships next year, Cliff, but also weekdays and weekend memberships. Hmm. And next to a little asterisk, Cliff. It happens to say games to be determined according to the new 2023 schedule coming this November. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But one of the pluses to, to the, the new season tickets, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think season tickets stayed, the prices stayed status quo. If I'm not mistaken, I think they stayed status quo across the board. I could re- I, I didn't check all these sections, but at least for our section where we're currently sitting in Y1, I think they were, sta- they were status quo. Right. With taxes, yada, yada, yada. Of course. But... One of the biggest perks that are coming back next year, Cliff, which I um, I am pumped about, is they are bringing back the ticket bank. And Cliff, you may ask, what is the ticket bank? I know you know. <laughs> what is the ticket bank? Of course I know, but why don't you let our great listeners know what the ticket bank is? Sure. So as you know, obviously you have your seats where you can sit every single game for the Alouettes. And similar to what the Alouettes did this year by giving season ticket holders free tickets for September... That's what these ticket banks can be used for. Um, for if you are a even as little as being with a team for less a rookie year, or less than a year, or for up to ten years, you will get one hundred and twenty-five dollars, which you can spend and purchase any other tickets in stadium, any seat. From my understanding, any seat anywhere, and you'll still be able to keep your other seats, but you'll be able to upgrade your seats, so to speak. <laughs> which, as Cliff and I can attest to, is it's so choice for anybody who has had their season tickets or are on the legend and or the Hall of Fame uh, tier. Nevo, yep, tier. You get two hundred and fifty dollars. Excuse me, All Star to Hall of Fame. Correction, All Star to Hall of Fame. Two hundred and fifty dollars to spend on extra tickets for upgrades. Wow! And Cliff and I have done it before, and we got we got. Two extra games at different seats out of our bank, which included upgrading our seats to sit on the on the fifty uh, yard line for Thanksgiving, which is pretty awesome, folks. If I, I mean, like I said, nothing against our seats. Like we've got great seats. I think we we've got a great section that we sit in. But uh, I mean, fifty yard line seats, it's it's hard to say no to those. Yeah, exactly. So again, check your if you haven't received it, the uh, email yet. Make sure you check your spam folder. Um, it's something I was going to mention to, to my new season ticket, um, um, manager. Right. I need to let them know that this, that's what I heard from more than one person, because if that's the case and people aren't getting these emails, I actually I didn't, don't even know what day we're able to do it by. I don't remember seeing that. I need to follow up with that. But anyways, again, all this to say that, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it, if you're already a season ticket holder, it's clear that the team is doing what it can to make sure that you stay one and even improve your experience. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a season ticket holder, well, now you've got a pretty nice incentive to maybe make you make that decision, make you get off the fence and decide, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, very slow on the news day. Only one practice this week. We talked about injuries. Um, no real transactions yet on extra signings and stuff like that. So we'll, you know, follow the CFL transaction wire over on over at CFL.ca. Um, I, uh, from what I heard, expect some more merch, new, newer merch to be, uh, to be released in the next couple of days, whether it be in stadium or online. Um, the Alouettes 
did release their new their new starter jackets with the new logo. I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm they're nice, but I'm more preferential to the to the current ones. But I, but hey, they had a great deal by they, they were new and they were selling them for thirty percent off this past week. You can't beat that. But I'm happy with my Delta jacket. <laughs> oh, there you go. So so any other and, uh, any other news? I don't think there's any other news. Uh, well, our our man Gino Lewis uh, oh, yes. is uh, now. Uh, Taking the next step into his uh, CFL career and uh, jumping into superstardom, mm-hmm. or at least it's certainly looking that way. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a teaser sent out by the CFL. Um, by It looks to be a small mini doc. Uh, that's, what I, that's the vibes I'm getting. Uh, a mini doc on Gino and his history. Uh, himself and football, etc., and it looks like it's going to be released. Uh, we don't know the actual date yet because it's it's been very it's been teased basically, um, but it should be available soon on the CFL YouTube channel. Um, and the other thing too, which I have not watched in full yet, too. By the way, by the way, first of all, congrats, Gino. Um, we we can't wait to see this thing. Yeah, a little disappointed we didn't get asked to participate in this as like executive producers or anything, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, we understand. We understand. There's a pecking order, and uh, you know, sure. yeah, um, we, we we could have contributed, but that's fine. That's and, fine. And also, props by the way to Joey Alfieri and and the team there that he that is with him for social media on doing the. Uh, I guess we could say it's the return interview with uh, with William Stanbeck. Uh, I haven't watched the entire thing, but the portions I've seen with it so far. It's on par with what they did earlier in the year for uh, with VA, um, and I think it was a great way to reintroduce William Stanbeck to all the fans in Montreal and Quebec. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that he really needs a reintroduction, but uh, yeah, it was definitely nice to see him get his due. Let let people know that yeah, William Stanback is has returned and at the best possible time too, gearing up for that potential playoff run. So. Yeah, definitely, folks, check it out. You know the Alouettes, they do great things on social media. They do an amazing job with their videography. Uh, you know, make sure you give them a give them a follow, check them out. I, I mean, this this is your team, folks. This is what you you come here for. And just like us, like we, we're always here to give the love. We're always here to give props to the players and let them shine in their own way. The Alouettes just do a fantastic job of that as well, like really capturing it, whether it's on video or on social media. They just do a, a bang up job as far as getting the names out there and letting letting you see just kind of a little bit behind the scenes of what, what it's like being with the players and finding out how their mind works. So uh, definitely give them a check, uh, you know, check them out, uh, show them some love. You know, you know the drill. You know how it goes. Exactly. And by the way, if you want to chime in on the show itself and have your say, uh, tell us who you want us to have on future shows. Uh, tell us uh, if we're wrong and what we're actually saying. Um, or, or your comments on, on the game itself or, or your experience. You can email us at the Flight Deck. You can email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca or you can email cliff at clifford.pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. We would love to hear from you and hear what you have to say. So we know what's coming up, Cliff, with the game on Friday. Um, you know, one of the unique, you know, this is the CFL. You very unique when it comes to. I mean, we're at, it, this is a short turnaround. I said one practice. It happened before. It's not just the Alouettes who are prone. Who are, this has to happen to. It's happened to other teams. Um, but again, uh, this matchup on Friday versus Ottawa will take place four days after the Labor Sorry, the Thanksgiving Day Classic. And since 1996, Cliff, the Alouettes have had seven games with less than five days rest. And in those games, they're four and three. And, um, mo- and most of those have been on the road. The last, t- the last game with less than five days rest, Cliff, was July 29th, 2016 versus Saskatchewan. So it's, it's, it's not a, it happens throughout the league. We've seen it. It's just, you know, you, I think it happened on Labor Day, front, the, the, the return matchup for Labor No, there wasn't a return matchup for Labor Day Monday. Um, it wasn't a return matchup, but it was Thanksgiving. Like the Elwes played uh, Ottawa Thanksgiving, then five days later. Exactly. In, in Next, last year. That's correct. So it, 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 it does happen. We know what's, on, we know what's at stake. Uh, Alouettes win. They're in. They will host a playoff game. Doesn't, don't know which one, but they will host a playoff game. That's right. Um, and they are still, again, they are still mathematically there to clinch and win the Eastern Division. And if so, it would be by by record uh, in the series versus Toronto. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. No, no, no. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But that, that currently is the current situation for the Alouettes. 
That's it. And believe it or not, folks, the Ottawa Red Blacks are still in playoff contention. I mean, a lot, a lot has to go their way. It's a whole lot of lose out, win out. And hey, that crossover, by the way, is not is not a guaranteed thing now for the West at all. Who would have thought (laughs) it was it was almost a a, a surefire thing that there was going to be a Western team crossing over. And as of recording, that's not that's not a given. No, I, I really thought Saskatchewan was going to stumble ass backwards into the playoffs like what Montreal did last year. But uh, lo and behold, uh, losing to the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, this past Friday really uh, really threw a monkey wrench in the works. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Hamilton, too, they, you know, they have to be excited about this. They have to they have to think, OK, wait a minute. We we're playing Ottawa uh, twice the end of the season. I mean, all they have to do is just go to Calgary and win. I mean, it's definitely easier said than done. But, I mean, this is the CFL. Crazier things have happened. So could you imagine if Hamilton goes to Calgary and wins, Montreal loses to Ottawa, all of a sudden the two quote-unquote bottom dwellers of the Eastern Division, they're back in play. Yeah, I know. Big time. And Saskatchewan and, on a bye week this week too. <laughs> yeah, and, man, just like Saskatchewan, just they keep finding new and exciting ways to lose. And yeah. It's, and this is – remember all the hype? Everyone was so excited about Saskatchewan hosting the Grey Cup. And maybe Saskatchewan will be in the Grey Cup. And then as the year went on, it was like, well, maybe Saskatchewan – like, trust me, if Saskatchewan can cross over, they'll beat all these other loser teams in the East. I'm like, well, no. It, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're not doing yourself any favors, especially losing to those quote-unquote loser teams. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Montreal's beaten Saskatchewan – Hamilton's beaten Saskatchewan. Uh, I think Toronto's beaten Saskatchewan too. If I'm not, did they? Or no, they. Uh, yeah, uh, Toronto beat uh, Saskatchewan in uh, uh, at Touchdown Atlantic. So I, I mean, these quote unquote loser East teams. Uh, I know. I you know. know. Like Saskatchewan's going to be in very tough. If Saskatchewan somehow makes it the crossover, they're going to have to play either Montreal, or Toronto. Yeah. Now and they've already lost. To those teams, so I mean, that's, that's that, it, this isn't so uh, cut and dry, folks. I mean, no, no, it's not. I mean, you know, again, for the so many back to backs this year, it's so weird, Cliff. You know, with the, this back to back that they're having with Ottawa this uh, this week, um, you know, considering how long that these two franchises have been around, these cities have been around in the CFL. Yes, make that clear. The cities, have yeah, been these around. cities, they've only they've only played six back to backs. In 42 years. And if you go back in the early years, I mean, you where you have one day in between games and stuff like that, it was just absolutely not, it was just absolutely crazy. But if I only have back to back, you know, only six back to backs in 42 years, um, so many different variables, too, by the way. As you said earlier in the show, this is a, this is an Ottawa team that has not won at home this year. They are one in 21 dating back to July of 2019. The Alouettes are going to be, for the second time this year, Cliff, are going to be playing a team that is currently on a 10-plus game losing streak at home. Mm. And this is what the Alouettes need to take advantage of. Red Blacks are 0-7 and at home, 1-21, and as I said, since 2019. They do not want to become part of the statistic of losing and ending a streak. You know, like they very close in, in, in Edmonton, but the streaks continued. In both ways, so yeah, I, I I've always said winners find a way to win and losers find a way to lose. Mm. Simple as that. And simply put, Montreal has to find a way to win. Yeah. I, I, again, I've said it all show. I'm saying it again. They need to smash Ottawa. They need to prove what type of team they are. Well, and that's what I'm afraid of is that they kind of already did prove what kind of team they are, and they've been proving it game after game after game, win or lose. Mm. That narrative has to change. And what better time than now? Going into that playoffs because, I mean, listen, Toronto, they've been doing good things. They've been finding ways to win, uh, but they're a very beatable team as well. Uh, Montreal has proven that, yes, they can be very good and very bad. But come playoff time, it's win or go home. And this is where you really need to know who you've got, what kind of a team you have. Mm-hmm. I think it starts on Friday. It simply starts on oh, it has to. letting er- <laughs> letting everybody know what what – what this team is all about good bad or other it's no question it's no question obviously dude it really is i mean yeah they 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 need to put everything together they've had a lot of the games this year where they've just put everything together this has to be one of those games i mean do you remember what the alouettes did last year in ottawa 
I do. They 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 smash them. We need to do that again. We need to do it again. Uh, yes, big games coming up over the next you know next three weeks. Don't look ahead. Take you take it one game at a time. You got to win. It, this, yeah. That's all you got to do. Want to know every week. Want to know every yeah. week. That's all that matters. And let's not forget. I mean, Ottawa. They they got the mo now. They've got the you know that good feeling. They got that win for Bobby Dice. They they proved that they can hang with anybody. Uh, I mean, that was the whole idea. Is they proved that they're not so clueless after all. I mean, and they're going to want to keep doing that. And let's not forget, they are still <laughs> mathematically alive. And they probably think now, hey, we really do have a chance. We just have to beat Montreal again mm-hmm. and go on a run. And that's how the momentum is crazy like that. It starts like that. So Montreal really has to nip that in the bud. They got to prove that they're serious about going to the playoffs and proving who they are. So, I mean, this this is a crucial, crucial game. And yep. you said it, it you got to go one to know this week. That's what you got to focus on. Don't worry about, you know, sweeping or any of this other nonsense, Eastern final, all that crap. No, just focus on Friday's game, win Friday's game, go one and oh, and just get into the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. After that then we can worry about everything else. But yeah. let's, let's just focus on this. And I really, truly believe this team, you know, they, they were hurt. Their, 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 their pride was wounded by this loss on Thanksgiving Monday. In front of, they got pants in front of their entire, you know, hometown base. I, I hope that pissed them off. I, hope it, I really hope it did embarrass them. And they're like, you know what, F this. It's yeah. time to win. Keep, it's time to go. Keep penalties to a mo- yeah. Keep penalties to a, mo- uh, to a minimum. Do what you need and to score do. Score some goddamn touchdowns. It's, you got yeah. enough of this. Yeah. N- enough of this dying on the vine in the red zone yeah. bullshit. I yeah. mean, it is time now to score some touchdowns. And as you said, Tim, punch him in the face and get the win. Yeah. It's uh, it, it. It sounds so. It, it doesn't have to be as hard as what it sounds like. It's just go out and do your job. Yeah. Uh, Simple the, as that. The line is out. It was actually out just today. The Alouettes are favored according to five dimes. The Alouettes are favored by three and a half points with an over under of 47 and a half. Um, by the way, what was interesting, just CFO related notes is that the BC game was here originally until Winnipeg decided to, to sit Zach Caleros. <laughs> yeah. That, that line dropped like a rock in the ocean. Yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> So uh, other positives, too, going into this game for the Alouettes. Uh, Dominic Davis is still one touchdown away from tying the team record for most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in a season. He still has 11. Um, he is also one off the current league, uh, league leader, uh, which happens to be, by the way, on the other end, Caleb Evans. He has 12. Also, Cliff, going into this game on Friday, Gino Lewis hopes to extend his streak of uh, consecutive games with a catch. He currently has a catch cliff in 39 straight. Pretty good. And I like his odds because, quite frankly, the, he's Gino Lewis. Yep. I mean, listen, he, we said before and we said it again, like, the guy is just on another level. And we are so lucky to have him here in Montreal. And, God, I, I hope we can find a way to keep him in Montreal because he, he really is that guy, mm-hmm. 100%. And he's going to have to become the focal point of this offense. And if that means Ottawa is going to be double and triple teaming him, so be it. You know, Gino's going to find a way to get out of it and make plays happen. And sim- simply put, Trevor Harris just has to stop being the Trevor Harris that he's been as of late. Yeah. He's got to find that level. He's got to find that level that he once was at. You know, He's got to become that Trevor Harris of 2019. That Which, know, just, we, which we keep going back and referencing because that's, 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 that's the Trevor Harris we remember. That's the Trevor Harris we were sold. Yeah. We were sold to that. That was the one that was sold to us. You yeah. know, yeah. if he could show up and not just for the playoffs, but like show up and really over the next make a statement over the next three regular season games. And after the end of the next potential two playoff games, damn straight boy. Yeah. And I don't care. Again, he can pad his stats all he wants. The only stat I give a, a, a I give a rat's ass about is wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we need a win. Simply put. This team, this franchise, this organization, this city needs a win yep. on Friday. By the way, we were talking about it before. I'm just to give some more positives letting, leading into the game on Friday. Uh, Tyrese Beverett, man, he had five defensive tackles, three more on special teams, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a tackle for a loss last week. He is now number two on the Owls with 76 defensive plays. And I would not be mad to see him get another pick six. Something, maybe. Something. 
listen, this guy, this guy has got a motor like you wouldn't believe. I mean, he he's just making plays happen over and over again. To yeah. think he was brought in for his special teams prowess, and look what he's done on defense. It's just incredible. I think I think Darius Pickett's gonna be pretty pissed too, considering what happened. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> watch for the fines this week, fans. I really, I really expect him to get fined. Yeah. I really do. Um. Oh, speaking of the game, Cliff. Yes. I and I, the entire Alouettes flight deck crew will be in Ottawa on Friday to see the Alouettes play. Say what? Uh. Send us a message on social media. We'll let you know where we're going to be in stadium and uh, maybe we can meet up or just say, just to say, Hey, um, but we'll be there along with uh, hopefully a lot of uh, other Alouette fans hoping, hoping for a win. So it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a, an October night, Friday night in, uh, in Ottawa. So what still football, baby, still football. It is. And like, again, this team needs your support. I mean, Auto is not that far from Montreal, folks. I mean, if, if you can duck out of work early and hit the 417, make your way to the nation's capital, I, I'm sure tickets are still available. So, uh, you know, it'd be awesome to see more of Alouette's nation in the stands at TD Place. So, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, the team will appreciate the fact that you made the trip to support them to hopefully clinch that playoff berth. Yes, sir. That's it. Um, so we appreciate you, everybody. We appreciate you. All every one of you for uh, for joining us and listening to the show this week. Um, we'll we'll be back next week to talk about the result and what happened on Friday to announce the winner of the Sport Buff Flight Crew seats for the home finale and much much more. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.